It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped. Streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. We make our predictions for who will be Auburn's statistical leaders in the 2023 season on this Wednesday edition of the Uptempo Podcast. You are now listening to The War Report Podcast Network. What's up, Auburn family? Welcome into this Wednesday edition of the Uptempo Podcast. I'm your host, Dustin Smith in Pensacola, Florida, joined as always by the king of Mobile, Blake Lane. Blake, how are you, my guy? What is up, everybody? Glad to be here. Uh, Dustin, we're another day closer. Making some predictions tonight, man. Mm. Uh, excited. Uh, yeah, just getting to throw some names out there that we think are going to pop this year. Uh, and and just like I said the other night, just getting chills, man, and, and ready for Auburn football, dude. It is it is here. Yes, sir. We've put off the predictions as long as we could, man. We've come up with as many ideas for episodes as we could throughout the summer, bro. And now we're here. It's time to start telling y'all what we think is going to happen. It's time to uh, – Put the pen to paper, put our names out there, man. Y'all can hold us accountable, hold our feet to the fire. If we get these things wrong at the end of the season, you can come back and say, wait a minute, y'all said what? And uh, we just hope to hit on a couple of these, bro. Because you know, <laughs> Football does not go as planned, right? It never really yeah. goes chalk. So uh, it's a crazy, crazy I, game. But Look, it, it's nothing but a guess. It's just a yeah, prediction. For sure. so. We're going off of secondhand reports. So, uh, But excited to get in here and do it, man. And it, it, Like you said, it means we're just a little bit closer. So, Blake, let's start mm-hmm. off, bro. Let's start off at the top. We don't even want to get too much onto this one because, hell, everybody's been talking about it. And um, – We'll get uh, here after the scrimmage. We hopefully will know a little bit more. But right now, leader in passing yards coming into the season. Okay, and, that, and to clarify before we get started here, that's what we're doing. We're going to go down the statistical. So passing, receiving, do the same thing on defense, tackles for loss, that kind of thing, and predict who we think is going to be the leader in that statistic and then kind of give some insight as to why. Obviously, with this one here, leader in passing yards and touchdowns, you're not really going to have a guy that – has more touchdowns you know there's not gonna be two different guys in this one so whoever the leader is of one of these will be the leader of the other passing yards and touchdowns the question basically here is who do you think will be the starter um i think peyton thorne blake Mm -hmm. you picked peyton thorne as well yeah dustin so 
I know all the uh, rumors out of the first scrimmage and everything, uh, they've pointed to Holden being the best uh, out of the three and uh, Robbie gaining some traction. And uh, I still think at the end of the day, and I could be totally wrong, I still think at the end of the day, the starting quarterback against UMass will be Peyton Thorne. I think he will win the job and he will try it out first and get the opportunity uh, to show the Auburn faithful what he has at the quarterback position. So, I think, as of now, I think mm-hmm. Peyton Thorne gets this done, uh, the leader in passing yards and touchdowns. Yes, sir. Um, to clarify, like you said, on the scrimmage, a uh, couple of days removed from that scrimmage, right, we've been able to kind of get a little more intel. Holden did have a good day, but it sounds like the majority of his good day was against the twos and the threes, whereas Robbie had a good day versus the ones, and Holden was also going against the ones as well. And we all know what that secondary is. So just keep that in mind. Uh, so I do think that it's Robbie that's pushing um, pushing Peyton for this starting job. And don't want to count out Holden, but it does seem like a lot of his success was against the uh, second and third string. So just something to keep there in mind. Blake, on this one, though, I will say before we move on to the next one, not as confident in this pick as I would have been a week ago. So we will circle back to this one and see how it goes. And I almost made a different pick. That's how waning my confidence is in this one. I, I know where you I know where you sit. I know where you, know where, you know where my heart is. I gotta yeah. use my head. Uh leader in rushing yards, Blake. This is probably the easiest one, most self-explanatory. Yeah. I think the real question here is I gave mine on my bowl predictions that I think Jar Quest has a top five all-time season in Auburn history in y- rushing yards. Mm-hmm. and touchdowns. So the rushing yards mark, I said he gets 1,500. Uh, Cam was fifth all-time at 1,473. And then Bo and Cadillac were tied at fourth all-time uh, for 17 touchdowns. And then I think that Jarquez gets eight rushing, 18 rushing touchdowns and 1,500 rushing yards. So that's kind of where I fall on this one. What say you? I'm right there with you, Dustin. I agree, man. I, I think he's going to have a, a hellacious year i think jarquez pops and and i even think he pops if he misses that quote-unquote game or two whatever uh you know he if he does miss if he does miss a game or two yeah he might not get to 1500 or or 1300 you know whatever i still think he goes for a thousand so uh yeah I, i'm gonna roll with jarquez here i think he is going to be uh i think i think he's gonna earn himself a lot a lot of money this year and look i already think he he's going to be uh, an nfl draft pick in the first three rounds like tank bigsby was now but i think he could play himself into even better money maybe a second round pick uh this year i, I think he's going to have a phenomenal year i think he's going to have a better o-line to run behind uh that's going to open up more success for him this year so uh, expect a big big year from jarquez yeah, one thing that stood out to me from the fireside chat was that Jarquez probably said three different times. Just he just showed his love for football. When he just when he talked about his love for the game, his face lit up. And like when they kind of because they've they've asked everybody that they've done three fireside chats now. They've asked every player that's come through kind of your why why football why you pick the game of football because um, every athlete of that caliber plays multiple sports in their childhood, right? At some point, you got to pick. So why football? And uh, Jarquez's face just lit up, and he just – I just love it. I just love the game. Um, that's why I do it, because I love playing it. It's fun to me. So that was good to see, man. It, it just it's There's so much stuff, NIL, kids trying to get to the pros, portal. There's so much stuff that can get you distracted. You just love seeing a kid that loves playing football. And one thing, too, about that is a kid that loves playing football is super talented, 
and flirted with it having taken away from him this summer. Mm -hmm. I'm sure he had some days when he was suspended from that facility where he thought that I messed this up. So I don't think that he was going to take this year for granted. I think he's going to be super hungry. Obviously, wants to work himself into that top two or three rounds of the draft that are running back and kind of get in there. So um, we everybody, we know, with a brain predicting a big year from Jarquez here. Yeah. This is where it starts to get interesting. The first two are easy, man. This is where it starts to get interesting. Leading Leader in receiving yards. I say Rivaldo Fairweather. Blake, you've been a big Shane Hooks guy since we signed him. Why? Uh, the size, the playmaking ability, the athleticism. Uh, you, you see, you see him on little clips uh, that that the media team releases him going up and catching the ball at its highest point. Uh, the, the hands seem pretty damn sticky, uh, and and uh, you know he's had no problem coming over from Jackson State and transitioning to this Hugh Freeze offense. Everybody says that he gets it. You know, uh, he's just a playmaker. And so, uh, obviously, the size being 6'3", 6'4", you know, uh, Auburn needs that. We've stressed that on this show multiple times that Auburn needs those guys, man. Auburn needs those guys, those home run hitters. And uh, and I think Shane Hooks could be that guy for Auburn this year. I really do. Uh, it, you know, and and they say he's he's pretty crisp running routes mm-hmm. and uh, – and he can make people miss after the catch. And and so I'm excited about this cat, man. And and look, I even like your pick, Rivaldo Fairweather. I mean, the middle of the field, I think he's going to abuse it this year, Dustin. Yeah, I know we did an episode, an over-under episode with Mike G at Countdown to Kickoff probably about a month or two ago, and I said I think Rivaldo is going to end up around 550 and five tutties. I'm going to up that a little bit. I think Rivaldo is going to end up somewhere around 700. And wow. uh, yeah, I think it's going to obviously would be the greatest year for an Auburn tight end ever. Yeah. Um, I, my concern with the receiving room is with the injuries. So mm-hmm. Coy Moore's missing time. Camden Brown's missing time. Uh, who is it that has a shoulder? Malcolm Johnson, correct? Yes, uh, I believe so. Yeah. Someone's got a, got a shoulder. There's, there's, I think four guys sat the other day. Mm-hmm. And the one I'm really worried about is Cam Brown because Hugh said it in his press conference. He said, I think Cam's got it. I haven't seen him since we've been here. And if you missed all the majority of spring, and if now you're missing the fall, and Blake, you know how I am with nagging injuries before the season. So yeah. I'm almost at the point where I'm just kind of like, we'll see with Cam. And I love Cam. I'm big on Cam. Yeah. I think the potential is all there. And if he has, if he's, if I knew that Cam Brown was healthy, he would be, he would probably pop up on multiple of my receiving predictions here. Mm-hmm. But guys, I don't, I do not like injuries before the season. I just don't. It scares me because a lot of times it doesn't pan out. Hopefully he can get healthy and get right. But if you have – if you injury starting to stack up, man, I just – I step back and say, we'll see. Pulling for you, Cam, but I don't know. With Rivaldo, man, just going to be wide open. Yeah, and, and you talk about injuries before the season. Look at Malcolm Johnson Jr., his entire career, basically. Yeah. He's been battle, he's been battling the injury bug, and, and that's yeah. what stopped him from getting on the field because you have seen in spurts when he does get the ball in his hands, he's electrifying. Uh, and, and they say that he's the fastest kid on the team, you know, and, and uh, you've seen him on a couple jet sweeps. He get it and he bursts for, you know, a nice little quick hitter and and uh, but he just can't stay healthy. So that's yeah. why you that's why you have that concern of injuries before the season. Yeah. And it's just, it hasn't been one thing with Cam. Right. It's been a little thing here, a little thing there, a little thing there, a little thing there. So now I have to ask a question. Is this the thing with you? It appears that it is. So we hope that it's not. And we didn't ask this question with passing and rushing because. It's kind of obvious um, because last year Robbie had 1,600 yards, roughly passing. Tank was right there with 970 rushing. We both think that whoever the starting QB is and that Jarquez will both surpass those numbers. But on receiving yards, last year 
um, VAR led with 493 yards. You think Shane Hooks will exceed that, right? Yes. Uh, right. Yes, I do. I, I think Shane Hooks uh, gets gets over that 493. I think Shane Hooks uh, – I kind of I kind of had a hot take uh, when he first signed with Auburn you and come, come aboard. Yeah, I said I think he could get 1,000. Now, that is – tampered down a little bit with all of the <laughs> QB talk and all of right. this stuff. Uh, but, boy, I think he has the potential to do it. Do I think he gets there? I don't know. Uh, I, th- I think he could get close. Yeah, 750 close. last year at Jackson, 750 and 10 times. Yeah, yeah so, I, you know, I'm expecting that production this mm-hmm. year at Auburn because this is his this is his go-for-broke year, right? This is his this is his money year. You know, you got to get it in right here. Uh, so, you know, I'm expecting big things out of Shane Hooks. And like I said, man, that 6'4 body frame, go up and get it. Uh, and th- all the praise coming out of camp yeah. and everything about him. Yeah, I'm excited about Hooks. Yeah, that's one thing that's uh, about the portal is when you go get a guy um, that missed spring, but he's a four-year guy. It's mm-hmm. like, okay, you might not have to worry as much about him adapting to the system and getting it down. It appears that he's hit the ground running. So leader in receiving TDs. Um same. I got Rivaldo. <laughs> you got Rivaldo. Here it is for me. Uh, just Hugh Freeze, tight ends. And I've said a million times, and Blake has too, that we think it's going to be by committee. Mm-hmm. I certainly do. I think it's going to be by committee. I think that when you chop it up at the end of the year, it, this guy will have 400 receiving yards. This guy will have four to 600 receiving yards. I just think it's going to be multiple guys like that. I think Rivaldo is going to be at the top because I think Rivaldo is going to be the one constant. You know, I think Jay, so like we, we hear all the Jay Fair noise and obviously our guy, Mike G has been big on Jay Fair. And then all the noise comes out about him that kind of validates what he's been saying. Um, and all, and I'm not saying hold back on the Jay Fair hype. I'm just saying if Jay Fair has 500 yards and five touchdowns this year, that's a hell of a year for Jay Fair. We're taking that. Right. Yes. Right. So like, I would take that right now. If that would, would you take that? Yes. Hell yeah. Give it yes. to us. So um, I think that, and I think that's reasonable expectation for him, you know, mm-hmm. like, He's not gonna have a thousand yard a year this year. Yeah. Um, there's got there's got to be there's got to be growth, right? Um, so that's kind of where I'm at with it. I just think that Rivaldo will be the one constant. I think Hooks is gonna get his. I think Shorter's gonna get his. But when we get, I think Rivaldo is gonna be the one guy that is always always looked at. And then the mismatches that we can do with him in the red zone because when mm-hmm. I heard he was lining up in the freaking slot. Mm-hmm. Bro, so mm-hmm. if you got like shorter, say you've got shorter, say you've got uh and hooks out here, and then I've got Rivaldo in the slot. Like, come on, bro. Who's gonna play stupid games with this? We've struggled to score in the red zone for a long time. Auburn has. Yep. Um, they go back to the LSU game where Les Miles got fired, where Daniel Carson just kicked them to death. Uh moving the ball just cannot get it in the end zone. Rivaldo's gonna be that guy. He's gonna be a and he can block, so you can line him up. In the tight end position, he can hit a block like old Gron- the old Gronkowski special. Blocky, block, you come off on a little delay two seconds after, and boom. There's so many things that can be done with Rivaldo. He's a guy that is – he shows up to play. He's a guy that you can count on to be eligible, to be there, to not be hurt. And he's a big physical guy, and I just think this is – he's the one constant. Hugh talked about he's comfortable calling plays in the red zone. He loves tight ends. I think the whole recipe is there for Rivaldo Fairweather to say tight ends, Come to Auburn. We can score from this position. 
Yeah, you took the words right out of my mouth, Dustin. I, I agree 100%. I'm 100% on board with everything that Rivaldo Fairweather uh, has brought to this program. And, uh, and you know, over the middle of the field, mismatch after mismatch after mismatch. Uh, you know, in, in the, the Ingram days back at Ole Miss when Hugh had that rolling, uh, you know, he played himself right into the NFL as well. You know, I, I feel like a lot of people – cover him up when they want to talk about the receiver position uh, and and guys that ran routes for Hugh Freeze. I don't think his name gets thrown in that mm-hmm. in that category enough, right? Uh, but he was a, an elite tight end for Hugh. And so, you know, I, I feel like Hugh knows how to, uh, how to create mismatches there for Rivaldo to get his. And, uh, you know, anytime you can have a guy uh, down in that red zone, you know, I think about CJ a lot. Right, you remember that 2013 mm-hmm. year where uh, yeah. the Mississippi State game down there? We were uh, like a 10 game, 11 game SEC losing streak. We needed that one bad. People forget yeah. that game in 2013. We needed that one. Week two, yeah. we had one SEC game in forever. We needed that one. And uh, you know, you, you got you got a guy like CJ down there, big body, great mm-hmm. hands, soft hands, great footwork, uh, and and making plays like that. And he's made a name for himself in the league, right? For sure. Uh, so. You know, you, you even uh, you even go back to uh, 2019. You know, uh, I don't think they use Sal Canella enough, but you remember right. that Iron Bowl, right? The catch he made right there in the Iron Bowl, the toe tap. It's a painting. Uh, yeah, and so I mean, Sal has he's made his way into the what is it, the USFL? I think he plays in or the XFL. Yeah, he's, One of he's those. been in all those leagues, and he always shows yeah. out. Yeah, he always shows out, right? And uh, and and he's a dude. He's a player, so. Uh, yeah, I, I feel like Hugh's going to have a field day with this Rivaldo Fairweather kid, man. Yes, sir. Um, I'm going seven. I'm going seven tutties. What you got? For Rivaldo, seven tutties? Yeah, I, I can rock with that. I might even I might even go eight. Okay. I might even go eight. Okay. So you don't need to explain too much here, Blake, because you've already given us your take on mm-hmm. Shane Hooks here. Uh, leading receptions. I'm going Jarquez Hunter. Last year, uh, VAR led as far as receivers. He had 26, um, but Tank led the team in 30. And I just think that Jarquez is going to be the feature of this offense, obviously. And I feel like, uh, again, it's going to be spread out. I'm not going to be surprised if if Jay Fair has 21 catches, if if, um, – if, if somebody has 15, if Coy has 15 to 20, I just if it, if it all goes out like that, if there's four or five guys between 15 to 25 catches, not going to be surprised. I think my guy Rivaldo is going to be close, but I think that with Jarquez being highlighted all over, um, because one thing about the NFL, it's going to, it's clear. I guarantee you that they've sat down with Jarquez and said, okay, the game plan, if you watch the fireside, he, he basically said without saying, um, this is my year and I'm gone. Um, I think that the coaching staff knows that. And in mm-hmm. today's NFL, everyone knows Jarquez can run the ball. He's just got to put, he's got to demonstrate, Hey, I can't catch passes out the backfield as well. And I'm a good pass blocker. So I think they're going to see it. You're going to see him in those situations more than normal. And I think that, uh, I think that Jarquez comes away a leader in receptions. So that's my thinking there. And the last one here on offense, Blake, overall tutties. Overall tutties, you're saying Peyton Thorne. He's because you're, you're predicting him to be the starting quarterback. So, mm-hmm. yeah, and and look, I'm predicting him to be the starter still. Like I said earlier, right? And and I'm gonna go with the plays that he can make with his feet. 
Uh, we saw it at Michigan State. He can scamper and score when things break down, uh, and and I think he can get it done through the air. Uh, so, yeah, I'm, I'm going to take Peyton. I think that's the guy. I know you're high on, on, on Jarquez, and, and that's that's a great pick, right? Um, but I'm not giving up on Peyton Thorne just yet. I will save this for and I'm not I will save this for another episode, but part of my thinking with that is I don't know if the person that starts the season at quarterback mm-hmm. is going to be the guy that finishes the season. Mm-hmm. But I will save that take for next week or maybe another prediction show. So getting over here to the defense, though, this this one to me was fun because there are so many new names. You just so much up in the air, brother. Mm-hmm. Um, leaders and tackles. Now I want to clarify something because last Wednesday I went on to the War Report show and I got to ask these questions in rapid fire because they had already done them. Me and you had just got done recording. So I popped in the last 15 minutes of the guys Wednesday night show. And uh, Ike asked me this one right out the gate. Leader in tackles. I said Robert Woodyard leads the team in tackles. Um, and then on my bowl, on our bowl predictions, I said Robert Woodyard busts on the scene and has 70 plus. I still think that Robert Woodyard has 70 plus. I'm not backing off that. After getting some intel from some people that would know some things, yeah. I'm going to change my leader in tackles. So not backing off my Robert Woodyard take. Robert from the 251, going to have a big year, going to blow up guys in that A gap on first and second down. I stand by that. However, I think that overall, because last year Owen led, Owen led with 92 tackles last year. Mm-hmm. I think that – if Owen got 92 last year and all this stuff that we hear about Eugene is correct, I think Eugene can get up around triple digits. And watch a guy like Austin Keys too. Austin Keys having a good camp, obviously an experienced guy. Um, love his attitude. Some of the clips of him, dude, are funny as hell. Um, but I'm is, going is Eugene, he, man. Is he okay? I, I've heard. Yeah, it was, it was minor. It was minor. He was goofing off. I think he even did an interview afterwards. Um, so, yeah, he apparently is good to go. Okay, cool, cool. Uh, You've got Larry Nixon. Yes, I have Larry Nixon. I have Larry Nixon all all season. And after hearing some things uh, that Hugh Freeze said about Larry Nixon and him creating that much havoc in the backfield, him going sideline to sideline in that first scrimmage, he said that Larry Nixon was one of the guys – uh, that that stayed in the backfield that created negative plays mm. uh, that was just uh, blowing plays up right and and uh, mm. so I like Larry Nixon. This is a guy that had what 106 tackles at North Texas yeah. last year. Yeah, Come on now, right? yeah, yeah. I'm I'm rolling with Larry Nixon. You know, I'm I like I'm actually kind of starting to get positive vibes of the linebacker position, Dustin. I, I know I know we don't have a whole lot of depth there. But if we can stay healthy, man, we have talent. And a guy like your pick, Eugene Asante, him, Zach Blackerby asked the other day in a tweet, was like, who is your surprise of fall camp? I said Eugene Asante because yeah. we're sitting here the whole time going, man, we're just not going to have it at linebacker this year. Not going to have it. And then you have this cat who people had rode off in his time at Auburn University, and they were just like, yeah, he's never going to get on the field. It's not going to happen. So, you know, um, kind of like what, what was the kid, Joko Willis? Um, mm-hmm. You know, he transferred or he come in and, and everybody was expecting him to play and he just never got on the field. But now you're starting to hear Eugene Asante and the coaches say, man, why wasn't this dude on the field? You know, like this is insane. Kids knocking heads out here. Uh, so I'm starting to get excited about the linebacker position, man. I think we're going to be okay. Yeah. Yeah, me too. And there's a lot of names that you can be excited about, right? Mm-hmm. Like, I know that my Robert Woodyard is, is a little bit out of, 
you know, out of the blue, but like Cam Riley. Yeah, Cam Riley. Hey, I think Cam Riley's role is going to be very specific. I think it's really going to be like a pass rushing type role, Mm -hmm. but I'm fun to, it'll be interesting to see Ron Roberts and and we're getting ready to make our, um, to make our predictions here in the next week or two, as far as the season. So I'm really trying to, to look at everything as I, as you know, Mm -hmm. give it the best go that I can, I guess. And, uh, that's really my question about defense is I have questions about the depth on defense and I have questions, a lot of things about, uh, really, really up front. And, to me, it's all going to go back to Ron Roberts. Mm-hmm. Can he scheme up things to make up the difference? I haven't made, you know, no bones about it. We'll get here. I'm questioning the pass rush. Like, yep. uh, if you watch the morning drop today, Ike made a good point I hadn't even thought about. There's nobody on this team at the edge position that's played a down for, oh, there's a couple. But, like, no one that started a game. There's yeah. one reserve. I think it's, like, one sack total for Auburn. From some somebody, and I don't want to I hate to miss his name, but he's down on the depth chart who had a sack last year in garbage time. Um, so there's just nobody, literally nobody returning at that pass rush position. So uh, I know I kind of got off there, but that yeah, is just yeah. that's just that's just the question right there, man. Yeah. And it, so where do we go for there? But to your point, these questions about linebackers, you're starting to hear these different guys. Larry Nixon had a good day, Austin Keys had a good you're starting to hear some guys, and you're saying, Okay, yeah. cool, man. Okay, maybe we'll um Maybe this won't be so bad. And we already know what the secondary is going to be. So if we get the linebackers shirt up, that's two levels of the defense right there. Mm-hmm. Um, so we both are going to – you both going to go over Owen Papo's 92 last year? Yeah. Which you got Larry getting triple digits? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I'm going to go with it. Yeah. Okay, good. Cool. I like it. Leader in interceptions. Uh, point of reference last year, Simp had two. Um, I'm going DJ James with three. Blake, you're going Jalen? I am, man. I'm going Jalen Simpson. I, I think he might. I think he might touch five picks. <laughs> yes, sir. I I, I think Jalen Simpson's going to play himself into a legitimate NFL draft pick, brother. Mm. I really do. I think. I think. Simpson. I think the dude's a, a hooper over there at the, at that free safety. I, I think. I think he's a dog back there, man. I think he found his spot uh, in in college football. This dude. This dude. He's a dog, brother. Um, and and DJ, the reason I'm not going DJ is know, because, know. you know, like I, I just think he's so locked down, man. Like mm-hmm. I, I don't think they're going to throw his way that much, you know. Yeah. And and if you do throw – I mean, I'll let you know my other prediction here in a minute. Like if you do throw mm-hmm. it over right. that way, it ain't getting caught, you know. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I just – I think Jalen, man, the way he can roam over there and everything, you know, and, and and he keeps the top on the defense. And you saw that at the end of last year, man, how much better things got back there when he made the transition from, from corner uh, back there to that safety spot. So um, – and, and you even – you even saw him – Go back to the uh, go back to the tape of Corral, um, Matt Corral, in the Ole Miss game in 2021 at Auburn. Corral's rolling around. He's trying to make a play, and Jalen is just mm-hmm. roaming the end zone, bro. Corral throws one up, and here comes Jalen. Hi, give me that. All right, bang, pick. I like Jalen in that position, man. I really do. I think his speed, his athleticism. He's he's got great hands for a DB. Uh, he was just getting beaten man coverage a little bit too much. So, you know, and and I, I think he's a ball hawk. Mm. Jalen Simpson, come on the show, man. Um, yeah. Yeah, come on the show, Simp. Look, dude, uh, 
Yeah, I like that one a whole lot. Five interceptions. You're talking about Junior Rose Green, Carlos Rogers, hey. brother. I hey. like that. But, hey, on to the next one. And, I listen, on, on DJ James, I hear you. Mm-hmm. I agree. That's probably correct. My thinking here is Ron Roberts creating a pass rush, creating havoc, havoc putting quarterbacks in bad situations. I don't think that happened a lot mm-hmm. last year. And, the, and um, I know it didn't happen a lot last year. And so Derek Hall led the team. We'll get in a second with 6.5 mm-hmm. sacks. Colby had six. So we just didn't generate a lot of pass rush last year. That leaves your DBs out the dry and there's going to be less opportunities for turnovers. I don't know. Like, I just think that there will be balls thrown up off the back foot, tip balls, mm-hmm. that kind of thing. And I think that DJ is going to be locked in and he's going to work as well, uh, work himself into a first round type thing. Like you're talking about with Jalen. So leader in pass breakups, I'm going with your boy Jalen. <laughs> you're going with the boy DJ. So I will yeah. echo everything that Blake just said. <laughs> I think that Stiff is going to be back there roaming, wrecking havoc, causing hell. Uh, Zach Etheridge said, listen, we put this guy at safety and it was night and day, and I think this guy can play in the league. And um, those guys don't just say those kind of things to say them. So I'm with it. Uh, big year from Simp. All SEC, probably second or third team, but all SEC type season coming from Simp right here. Let's get it, Jalen. Yeah, and Dustin, I'm I'm with DJ James right here. Just because I said if they do throw it over mm-hmm. there, it's going to get broken up. Uh, and, and I just don't know how much they're going to try to attack him, right? Uh, you know, I think Nehemiah is going to have to have a big year over there at that other yeah, spot. Or he had either- eight. Yeah, last year, DJ and Nehemiah led with eight apiece. They had eight pass breakups apiece. There you go. Uh, or it could be Kay and Lee. You know, we're hearing great things Ooh. about him out there. So, uh, you know, I still like DJ uh, with the pass breakups. Uh, just it scares me with how much they're going to try to throw at him. Like, I, mm-hmm. I just don't think – they're going to just look over there and say, hey, man, you know, I'm going at DJ James. He's one of the best corners in the country. Uh, I think they might try to uh, throw it over there uh, and and toward Nehemiah's way. So, do Does he surpass eight? Do you think he gets more than his last year's number? Yeah, man. I, I Look, I think this Ron Roberts defense, like you mentioned just a second ago, is, is going to set uh, – I think they're going to set this secondary up for success. Um, now I'm, I'm not sitting here going to, I'm not going to sit here and say they're going to be perfect. There's going to be some miscues and some, some busted coverages. Right. Um, but I think the pressure is going to get there and, 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 and it's going to set the back end up for success. Uh, I, I think, I think, uh, you're going to see big things from this Auburn secondary. Yes, I, we've, sir. we've been on that, man. I just think yeah, they're so man. talented for sure. Leader in sacks. Listen, if you have been listening to this show, then you already know where I fall on this one. Uh, like I just said, last year, Derek Call led the team with 6.5. Had to play every freaking down. It seemed like Kobe, yeah. Kobe came half a sack short of that lead there. He had six. Uh, Derek would have more if he would have had Echo. Echo had two before he got hurt. He was on the way to have a big season. It would have been fun to see both those guys kind of get their actual opportunity. Uh didn't happen, so Derek's numbers were down. Pass rush numbers were down total last year. Um, kind of like this by committee that we've been talking about with receivers and all that and linebackers. Again, I think this will be by committee. I think Cam Bradley's gonna have some sacks. Robert Woodyard, Larry Nixon, Simp, you know, Mon Robert's gonna bring it in a, in a ton he of will, different ways. He, he really will, will he will blitz off that island and he Keontae. will bring the safety. Yes, Watch he Keontae will coming. Um, but I'm gonna go Keldrick Falk, you know this, and mm-hmm. my number is going to be nine. I'm going to go nine sacks for my guy, Keldrick Falk. 
and they're saying he's an absolute freak. All right. They're, they're, they're <laughs> saying he is disrupting things. All right. So, uh, dude, uh, I love the pick. I'm going to go Jalen McLeod. Right. And, and I know Ike was kind of with me on this the other night. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, obviously, everybody points to that AM performance last year. Uh, you know, I, and I think he's going to be a hard guy to identify at the line of scrimmage. I, I think he's going to stay in the backfield uh, and, and like he did in, in College Station last year. So uh, I, I'm a big, big guy of Jalen McLeod. I want to know, I want to know his motor, man. His motor in the SEC. That's one thing I kind of want to see. Is is he going to be able to to stay out there for all three downs? Uh, you know, and I want to, I want to, I want to see him, uh, I want to see him stay on the field. Yeah. So tackles for loss. We both agree on this one here. Mm-hmm. Marcus Harris, bro. Uh, older brother of Malik Blockton. Malik can't wait till you get here. Um, look, guys, guys prime for a, a huge year. Um, last year, Derek Hall led in this category. He had 12 tackles for loss. Last year, Marcus had 6.5. Um, and, I, and Kobe, Kobe had 12. I thought it was going to be Kobe when I looked this up. I thought Kobe would have beat Derek Hall out. But uh, he had – or oh no, Kobe had 11.5, and Derek Hall had 12. So Derek beat him by half there again. Um, but, yeah, so I just – Marcus Harris, man, leader on this team. Um, they talk about his, his transformation in the weight room, that he maybe doesn't look necessarily as big, but that he looks a little bit leaner and a little bit more quick and ready to go. Um, that'll be interesting. And all these guys have talked about – how they feel really, and I know this is cliche, so no one's ever really going to come out of strength and conditioning and be like, oh, I feel like crap. I feel worse than last year. <laughs> probably not. But they have said that it's been much different. That they feel like um, it's been very specific to their positions versus mm-hmm. what it was in the past. So that'll be interesting to see. I think that we're going to get a big year from our guy Marcus. And if he had a 6.5 last year and then Derek Call led the team with 12, I'm going to give Marcus – 13 and a half, 13 and a half. I'll go 13 and a half tackles for loss. I was flirting with 14 there. Yeah, he let a couple get away from him last year too. So, mm-hmm. uh, you know, you clean those up and and I'm right there with you. Uh, I, I think he's going to be uh, making plays in the backfield. I think he's headed for a big year. Uh, a lot of people, uh, a lot of people are, are, you know, they're not high on this group, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think Justin Rogers could be a big part of this group. Uh, I think Marcus Harris is going to be a big part, Jalen McLeod, and even uh, even the kid from Vanderbilt. You know, uh, like things are looking uh, somewhat positive. You know, I mean, I th- I think we're going to be okay. Yeah. Last one on defense, Blake, and then I have a uh, I have a bonus one for you that I just kind of thought of. Mm-hmm. Leader in forced fumbles. This is this is a hard one to uh, to go, but I'm going to go with Jalen McLeod. And last year, Kobe forced three. So I'm going to go Jalen McLeod. Uh, I think that like you just talked about, I do think he wrecked some havoc. We saw that one highlight of him causing two fumbles on one play versus A&M last year. So I'm going to go Jalen McLeod. I'll give him three. I'll give him the tie with Colby's number from last year. Three, four fumbles from Jalen McLeod. Look, I'm, I'm going to throw a, a hot one out there and say Justin like Rogers. Yeah, yeah I, I think he's going to, uh, like I just said 10 seconds ago, I, I think he's going to create some havoc in there. Uh, and and uh, I like him to put some pressure on on a couple QBs and and uh, I think he could I think he could wreak some havoc back there and 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 uh, get a club on a couple balls, brother. So I I like Justin Rogers. He was a big guy at Kentucky, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, and they hated to lose him. So we're we're glad to have him. Blake, the bonus one I just thought of. 
going to go back to offense real quick. Mm-hmm. Who do you think will be the highest graded into the season overall highest graded offensive lineman, the most efficient and productive offensive lineman this year for this team? Give me the Britton kid. Oh, Gunner Britton. Yeah, yeah. Give me Gunner Britton for sure. Uh, and and that's a that's a spot that that Auburn hasn't hasn't <laughs> been up to par at, right? So. Uh, you know, I want to see big things out of him this year. There's a lot of high praise. Uh, they say that he's exceptional in the run and pass. So uh, I think, I think it all points to him. You know, and and uh, like I said, it's a position that Auburn has lacked over the years. And I think you're sitting here smiling from ear to ear, Dustin, because you look at everything that he's done in his college career. And now you're getting that at Auburn, a guy that has played a ton of football games, all right. And and he's played he's played in big environments, all right. Mm-hmm. Like like he's not he's not afraid of a Jordan Hare Stadium. He's not afraid to go to a Davis Wade Stadium or anything like that. You know, a, a Baton Rouge Tiger Stadium. He's played in big environments, all right. So, uh, you know, I I think he is going to be that dude out there uh, at the tackle spot. Yes, sir. Um... Depth is really just my concern there, man. Mm-hmm. It is. But, look, we're going to find out soon enough, man. This this scrimmage Saturday is really going to be the uh, going to be the telltale. You talk about Gunner. I'm going to say – I'm going to go – I'm going to go Avery. Go, what's that? No, no, no. There's two guys that I, that I kind of think you're flipping back and forth between. Yeah, I'm going Avery Jones. Okay. This office – listen, so first off, the experience – Mm-hmm. And uh, I just love what I saw on the film breakdown. And I think he's the key. Like, I definitely feel comfortable saying that, that um, if you lose your center, man, like the whole thing can go sideways really quick. I think that Avery Jones is such a key. We we all know, and it's becoming more and more evident that as this QB race goes on, that we're going to have to run the ball. Mm-hmm. Okay. And we already knew that anyway, but – we're going to have to run the freaking ball this year. And that being the case, we all know that, man, the center's the key. The center's got to get everybody lined up. I think that Avery Jones is experienced. I think that he's motivated. I've talked before about how much I like getting guys in the portal that have that last year or two, and they know they've got to get it done, man. They've got yeah. to get it done. Um, and so I'm going to go Avery. And I did just say I kind of questioned the, the, the depth at tackle. Um, that's only because I haven't seen. So what can a guy, what can a guy like too tall, Xavier Miller, what can he do? We're hearing that he's improving, but I haven't seen it yet. So that's why I question that's, that's when I say I'm questioning depth in some of these spots, that's why half the yeah. rosters new and I haven't seen you. <laughs> so, you know, and we can try to make projections as to what you did on the trooper five level and how you'll go here. And that's like, that's my thing with Jalen McLeod. I think the Jalen McLeod gets four or five, maybe six sacks. I think he has a productive year. I think he generates some pass rush. But for me to say a guy coming from App State comes to the SEC and has more sacks than he had in the Sun Belt. Now, I, I like it because I like a guy that's on that last chance and is motivated. I, I like the, the fire that he's going to have. But I just have to see it is what I'm saying. So that's kind of where I'm at with when I question depth on some of these positions because I really do feel like, because I just said like a week ago that the depth on the offensive line has improved significantly, but mm-hmm. I still am not ready to pound it. Does that make sense? Yeah. I don't want my, I don't want my opinions to cross over 
and contradict. I'm just trying to say, like, man, we just got to see because we, we do all this talking and all this guessing. These are reports, man. This is what we're getting out of people that are at practice or, or this and that. We're just trying to decipher. We ain't going to know. And, and to be truthful with you, we're not going to know until, what, halftime versus A&M? Fourth quarter versus a and that's when we'll really find out what these boys are about. That's a fact. We should be 3-0 and going into that game. Oh, yeah. The more we get – I know I've kind of toyed with the Cal thing. The more we get to this, I'm like, bro, if we're going to beat Cal by 30, I'm going to be hot. I don't know if we beat them by 30. I know. I'm exaggerating. Uh, <laughs> um, uh-uh. You want to pop in real quick and make an appearance? <laughs> Talk to the people, like. <laughs> oh, people, man. Um, I, I was like, man, are they still going live? Man, I know what's up. <laughs> what's up, buddy? What's up, Thanks buddy? too much, man. What you got going on tonight? We were doing, just kind of running down, man, doing, uh, predicting who we think is going to lead in every statistic. I know I hopped on last Wednesday with you boys, and I gave my uh, defensive ones, but we wanted to get Blake's, and then we went over here on the offensive side. You okay. want to give your offensive? Because I know you gave defense uh, last Wednesday night. Yeah, yeah, we did an offensive one over on the did channel. Okay. Um, but, yeah, man, we can talk about it. It's all good. What, what okay. stats y'all got? Let's go back up here to our banners real quick. Little little guest appearance by our guy. Yeah, Ike. Yeah. This man, what are you planning on? I popped in on us. Um, let's see some interesting ones because passing yards and rushing yards are kind of self-explanatory. Um, Lever and receding yards. I said Rivaldo and Blake said Shane. My reasoning, Ike, for Rivaldo is simple. I just think he's going to be the most reliable target. The more and more that we get into this and we hear about different guys, um, he's just the one constant. He's the one guy that I'm like, okay, well, I know that he's going to be out there, barring yeah. injury. But he's the one guy where it's like, I know they're going to feed him the rock. And Blake's just real high on uh, Shane Hook's athleticism, his ability, his size, and that old deal. Yeah, I mean, I, I can get with that. I think, um, you know, I'm, I'm probably going to echo the Mike G. Homer uh, stance here and go – I don't know, man. I, I think VAR maybe in, in yards. You said, is it yards or catches we're doing? This was yards. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to go with VAR, man. I'm going to go with VAR. You know I was on that, but then Mike G kind of talked me off of it last Yeah, week. I'm still on it. I'm still on okay. it. I think VAR might still be. Yeah. <laughs> I like that one. I like yeah. that one. Um, Let's see. Another interview. I don't even know who I said on our episode, but that's what I'm saying. Oh, <laughs> um, make a look at my notes, but. What about receptions? I'm going Jarquez. Blake, again, mm. going, he's going all in on Shane Hooks here this year. That's the one that I think that I am going to go with Mike G's guy, Jay Fair, receptions. Okay. 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 And uh, let's see. Who did you go for tackles? Because I did Eugene, Blake, Scott, Larry. I forget what you said last week. I think I said Keontae Scott in tackles when we talked oh. about it. So I'll stick with that. Okay. How many interceptions is Keontae going to get this year? Ooh, that's a good question. INTs for him, I think three. I think he's going to get three? at least three picks nice. this year. Blake, tell Ike your prediction for interception leader this year and give him the number. Uh, dude, no, I think I, I said Jalen Simpson, actually, when I, we did interception. <laughs> I, I think I said Simp was going to be the interception. Leader. I take that back. Bang. All right. Th that's who I'm on. Uh, okay. I, I just think. Give the number, though. I'm going five. I'm going five. I think the dude's a ball hawk, bro. Okay. I'm not mad at that. I'm not mad at that. I think we can I think he can get there. I love it. I love it. Um, and then you were Jalen McLeod with sacks, right? Like, yeah. yeah. You have a number? 
I think he's going to get double digits, man. Ooh. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know how many it's going to be, but I think he'll get into the double digits on sex this season. I like that. I like that. Um, I went Keldrick with nine. Okay. Keldrick with nine. Mm. You, you said Jalen as well, Blake. Did you get a number? I forgot. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I think I'm around eight. I think when we did the over under thing, I, I was around seven or eight. Yeah, Ike said that he on our last week. Ike said he's got two guys going for over eight sacks. Yeah, so I think two guys over eight sacks yeah. this year. Just because I I think that they are going to get some interior pressure this year a little bit more. Um, and I like what Keldrick Falk has the potential to do mm-hmm. um, in some of those games where we're playing cupcakes. I think he's going to get some reps to be able to get up there in that higher number. Yes, sir, mm. for sure. Uh, before we get out of here, I got anything you want to say to the people? Nah, man, I was just popping in. I saw y'all recording. I was like, let me go see what these boys do. <laughs> nah, man, I just uh, good uh, practice stuff coming out today, um, and hopefully we will get some more clarity uh, Coach Freeze said he was going to narrow it down, so we'll see uh, kind of where we are post-first scrimmage with all of the, the the happenings. I'm hearing good things about Robbie, though. I'm hearing good things. Yeah, so a uh, little clarification on that. Was Holden's, Holden's success was mostly against the twos and the threes, correct? Don't want to, like, yeah. poo-poo on it, but... And during the it. scrimmage, you mean? Yeah, Saturday. Um, I don't know. I mean, because, again, we weren't there, so right. we're here yeah. in secondary what's happening, but um, I don't really know what group he was rotating in with and what which of those groups he had success with just heard that he was doing well, but um, would you think it's Robbie pushing Peyton? Yeah, I do. I do think that mm. Robbie is, has made a climb here and, um, and the coaches are giving him some serious consideration mm. for, for that starting spot. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah, man. Ooh. Our, our boy Dylan over the college loop going to be real hard to contain if they, <laughs> yeah, if, if they name nine. Cause uh, look, I'm a Robbie guy, but our guy Dylan boy, he's, he's all in. But yeah. No, I he, love it, he is the self-proclaimed truther for, yeah. for Robbie. I, yeah. I, what do you think happens? Cause I, I you know, on our last episode, we kind of told the fan base to like, you know, if Robbie wins the job to calm down. Right. I, but all, you see all these people on social media, man. And they're like, Robbie Ashford sucks. Robbie Ashford, right. this, like Ugh. if Robbie Ashford wins the job, we're going five and seven, man. Well, if Not he too. wins the job, like what, you know, just what do you got to say to the people? I say that if he wins the job and you were confident in the guy that you thought was going to beat him out, you should be that much more confident in Robbie Ashford. Mm, Um, I just don't understand how Hugh Freeze could be a great quarterback coach and make a poor quarterback decision that he's not willing to pivot off of. Right. Like if Robbie goes out there and stinks it up, he's not going to play the whole season. Right. Mm -hmm. And so Peyton Thorne's still there. Holden Gurner's still there. I don't think there's anything to worry about. Uh, Whoever's in the driver's seat from the quarterback position is going to be doing well enough that, um, that we're going to go out there and we're going to put some points up this year. But uh, I think people just need to, again, if you're going to trust the coaches, trust them implicitly. <laughs> um, and I, it, you can't just, uh, I trust the coach unless he makes this decision. <laughs> yeah. I don't like It's like, uh, yeah. well, either he's a good coach or he isn't. You know, I, one thing that kind of sticks out with me to, with Robbie is, is, you know, I know people bash him and everything, and and he, yeah, he threw for forty nine percent completion percentage, but he has a love for Auburn, man, and yeah. and you can see it. Like it's like a it's like a passion of his to play quarterback for Auburn University, and and that pops to me. And I know a lot of people say, oh, well, you know, you got to have a dog back there, but there's more to playing quarterback. Uh, but you you saw that yeah, Robbie dog. Robbie a dog, bro. Like, yeah, what are we bro. talking about? Like him right. fighting through the injuries last season. That's dog behavior and, because. Here's the thing, like those are injuries that don't feel good when you get hit. But he was just going out there being like, well, "Forget it, man. Like, we just, mm-hmm. I gotta go pick this first down up. We we're gonna go score this touchdown." 
not worried about it. That's dog behavior, man. When you're mm. not able to sleep through the night because of pain, but you wake up and play a football mm. game, you got a little something in you, man. So mm. I don't, I don't understand anybody thinking he doesn't. Uh, yeah, it, it's not going to look as pretty as it would if it, he was the more polished passer, but it's going to be electric when he gets his opportunity. So just, you know, hold on to your seat, man. Yeah. Love I want to ask you a question, I, but real quick on this thing. Uh, with these people that are saying this about Robbie, I saw some people who their pictures on uh, on Twitter are Hugh Freeze with a pimp hat or whatever it is, right? All the you know, all the burners, and they and they're and they're the Hugh Freeze's burner or whatever. They're pro Hugh Freeze guys, is what I'm saying on Twitter. But then they say if Robbie's the guy, then I don't ride with it. Right. Well, do you trust the guy that you're so that you're saying you're so that you're behind? Yeah. You're all pro Hugh Freeze. Well, if Hugh Freeze has watched these guys through through fall camp and said this is my guy, then now you don't like Hugh Freeze. Now, yeah. now you question him. It's just a contradiction of you know what I'm saying. Um, the fireside chats, I, they're popping. Everybody loves them. It's yeah content that no one's ever seen. Uh, we, we when we were talking about the running back room, I mentioned my favorite thing on the last one was when Jarquez a couple different times uh, when just asked about, you know, I've asked everybody about their why. And that's kind of been mm -hmm. my favorite part is, is because all these guys that are D1 athletes, they could have played D1 basketball. Well, not all of them, but they were good at basketball in high school. They were good at baseball in high school, right? At right. some point you've got to pick football and y'all yeah. have asked why was football the route. And with Jarquez specifically, dude, he just like his face when he just talks about how much he loves the game. It was like yeah. that like that Brett Favre type, you know what I mean? Like just, yeah. I just know that Jarquez just loves football to hell with the NIL and all this other kind of stuff. This kid doesn't care when he just wants to put on the pads and play some ball. What yeah. has been your favorite part about these firesides, man? Yeah. I mean, like you said, it's, it's that ability to kind of see the, the human side of the, the guy beyond the athlete. Like we, we talk to those kids a lot more off camera than we do on camera. Right. Um, yeah. And so we get an opportunity to see their personalities. We get an opportunity to really hear about some of the core motivations, even for even wanting to sit down and do a fireside with us. Right. And I think that stuff allows me to appreciate who they are a little bit better. I, there's this there's this really weird narrative. And, you know, we, we get all kinds of weird narratives out there, but weird narrative that we have preferential treatment for players that we have relationships with. And I'm like, well, that's yeah. half the football team because we right. like, I don't, I don't think people realize we talk to a lot of players, mm -hmm. like the ones that we get on camera or on an interview, that's only a fraction of the people that we get an opportunity to talk mm -hmm. to, man. So um, I'm looking forward to getting more of those guys out there, introducing them to the, like for us, it, it wasn't even really about who we felt like was going to get the most playing time. It was just about, all right, are you available to come in and sit down? Are you willing to come in and sit down? Then cool, let's go do it, right? And just it's it's about scheduling at that point in time, trying to figure out who schedule matches and still try to get three guys in there so that we can keep the conversation fresh. But uh, but I've loved just getting to know those guys beyond what you see on the football field, a few clips here and there, even behind the scenes on the sideline, whatever. We're we're really getting to know these young men and they they've been a pleasure to talk to. Mm. For sure. And you make the point um, about talking to these guys off the air and, and to anybody out there listening. Um, I ask, like, think about it. What would you do? Right. Um, full disclosure. And I've had this conversation with Cooper McMurray. Me and Blake have a relationship with Cooper. Right. We talk to Cooper. We talk to his parents. Like, so I'm going to yeah. pull for Cooper when he's up to bat. Yeah. And it is what it is. And 
Now, the conversation that we've had with Cooper off air is, hey, man, if you have a game where you go 0 for 4 and strike out. I got to talk about it. I have to talk about it. I have to. (laughs) I have to say you didn't get it done, right? I'm not going to blast you personally. I know the work that you put in. I support you. I love you. I'm going to have to talk about that. Same thing that we told Zach Crotchfeld. Zach had his struggles this year. He had his highs Mm -hmm. as well, but he had points where he wasn't finding the strike zone. We like Zach. We love Zach's parents. We love his mom. Have a good relationship with him. If he's not finding the strike zone, I have to say the kid's not finding the strike zone sometimes. Yep. And that, and that's the part of it. But at the same time, if he comes out and throws seven innings and only gives up two hits, and that's my boy, yeah. Yeah, I'm going to hype him up because yeah, that's I'm my I'm going to hype him yeah. up, bro. That's what that is. And, and then yeah. I'll ask you if you have a problem with that, what would you do, right? Like, right. of course. It's human yeah, relationships and I, I, with people. Yeah, I mean, that's we're building the relationships just because we want to get to know the young man. But to your point, um, my job, you know, and it's not I don't I'm not one of these, you know, supreme journalists who have this integrity of the Hmm, I I just I think as a fan, I'm going to be a fan. Right. And that Mm -hmm. fan, me being a fan means if I like the young man, I'm going to give him kudos a little bit more than I would somebody else. There's no problem with that because we do have that relationship. But I'm still a fan of Auburn. And if somebody's out there screwing up, then I'm just going to say, hey, man. They ain't get it done, bro. Like, it is what it is. Like, and they can email me, hit me on the Twitter DM, whatever, afterwards and be like, yo, why you had to do like, well, you know, I had to. Right. Like, did did you, did you, did you miss the block? Did you fumble it? Did you <laughs> intercept? Like, were, were those, did I say anything that wasn't true? And then they, they could yeah. never talk to us again, right? Like, they could get, but it is what it is. And to your point, you have to have those conversations with them to help them say, all right, yeah, they've got a job to do. And and honesty is what I'm going to lead with. If I really feel that way, I'm going to say I don't care how much I like a guy. There's some I think some of the the guys that we talk to the most, I don't say anything about on camera. Mm. I don't just randomly bring up somebody's name just because I have their phone number in my phone. Mm. Right. I, uh, you know, I know you said that there's great things being said about Robbie and everything, man. You know, just a couple weeks away. uh, Who do you who do you think takes that first snap? I still think it's going to be Peyton Thorne going out from number like Robbie can, could probably 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 make up some ground. I don't know that he makes up enough to start game one. I st- if I if if I were a betting man, I would still go Peyton Thorne first snap game one versus UMass. Um, and I just think it's going to come down to Peyton Thorne playing himself out of that position at right now. Does yeah. that happen? <laughs> uh, I mean, I think that he could. Uh, yeah. I think that he absolutely could go out there and flub it. Right. Like, cause yep. think, think here, here's what I will say about what I think about coach freeze. If you see a, a Georgia state performance out of mm. Peyton Dorn versus UMass, mm. Robbie's going to be the starting quarterback against Cal. Ooh, yeah. you, you just, you I don't, I don't think he survived. I, I think that it's gotten close enough where he's like, well, if you're going to play like this, I might as well get the guy who's giving me something else. That's going to mm-hmm. give me the wheels so I can, you know, he can get us out of a bad play with just his athleticism, right? Because mm-hmm. Robbie, I think, has done more in the leadership temperament and decision-making aspect. He's still not the most um, consistent thrower, but what he he makes up for it in his, his athleticism, right? So it's like if I'm going to get somebody who's going to put me in bad situations and or miss shots that we got and all that kind of thing, I can do that with Robbie and I'll, I'll get – 150 yards on the ground a game like okay fine let me let me take that instead uh so i think it it changes the dynamic of the offense enough that if peyton thorne doesn't play well robbie's right there ready to step in Mm. what about this 
say we really, really struggle to stop the run and get pressure mm. on the quarterback and teams are just controlling the clock against us. Do you have to go to Robbie in a run first offense to keep your defense off the field if you're just getting gashed? I think there's a possibility of that as well. Um, if the offensive line is having problems being able to get a push or they're stacking the box so consistently where they, they can't get because they're, they're going to play quick game too. Right. So if we're going to put mm -hmm. eight guys in the box, nine guys in the box, then they're just going to out leverage them in some sort of way, try to play some quick game right. stuff with Peyton Thorne. Um, and it's going to be a quasi run game, right? Like we, if we throw enough quick game, uh, we can move the ball down the field incrementally in the same way that you would with a run game. But, you can't do that forever because guys are just going to start, you know, shooting those uh, short routes and, and trying to make sure that you have to throw over the top. But I think it's going to come down to the offensive line. But Robbie is he is a neutralizer in that way where it's like, OK, well, even if you have seven guys in the box, now you got to play seven on seven. Right. Because mm -hmm. we got our five down plus our running back plus QB. All right. Now you've got to add an extra man to the box. You got to add an eighth or a ninth in there. And we definitely have an advantage on the outside with that. So quick games there all day because you can't line up enough guys on the outside to make it make sense unless you're going to go to zero. Right. And then now I'm popping over the top with a quick Rivaldo Fairweather. So like you know, saying it's like it's it puts you in a whole different ball game when you got to even out the number in the box to account for the QB. Yeah, sure. Blake, you got anything before we get out of here? Make some announcements real quick. Uh, yeah, the, you want to talk about the live show coming yes, up? Yes, sir. Next so Tuesday look, night? man, and uh, glad that Ike is on here with us. So next Tuesday night, 7 p.m. Central Time, man, our first live show. Come, 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 guys. Come join us, man. Um, we're really trying to boost those subs up to 1,000. Y'all know that. Um, this will be our first live show. Really, really excited about it. Ike's going to pop on with us. Yeah. Mike G's going to pop on with us. Uh, our guys from the College Loop, maybe Dylan, uh, Harrison Tarr going to pop on with us as well. Yep. And our guy, Jay Crane, going to come on with us as well again. So we're going to have some cool. good guests lined up, man. Um, just want you guys to get in here, man. We're trying to build this community, interact, have a good time. So uh, really looking forward to that, man. Set y'all's clocks, 7 o'clock. August 22nd, next Tuesday. Um, anything else, Blake? Uh, just um, keep visiting homefieldapparel.com, the 15% uh, off your first purchase. Uh, use an up-tempo right there on the screen and uh, get your Auburn apparel and and uh, any other apparel that, that, you know, if you have a family member that is an LSU fan, Alabama fan, Georgia fan, whatever, uh, make sure you check out all of those as well. And – Friday's episode, new sponsorship announcement. We are really, really excited for it, guys. We yes. really are. This is going to be fired up. And like we said before, this is something that you guys can participate in. This is not just yes. something, you know, where you're going to go buy it. This is an interactive thing that you guys can engage in and be a part of. Mm -hmm. So we're really looking forward to it. Before I get out of here, I just want to say, and I know that my two co-hosts here will co-sign with me on this one, Ole Miss and everybody over there in the Grove, for the love of God. Shut the hell up. Yeah. Shut up. I'm tired of it. I know y'all know. Well, you know what? Let me correct that. I was going to say I know y'all know how to read, but I may have given y'all a little bit too much credit. You might not be able to know how to read, so I'll give it to you one more time. The y'all time is 35 to 11. So we're not on the same level. And, Blake, you tell them all the time. How many times did they travel to Atlanta to watch their team play in the SEC title? I forgot. Uh, uh, zero. Yeah. zero. Say, if you can count yeah. at all, you wouldn't have to. Yeah, <laughs> they can't count over there neither, but that's a good thing. They don't have to. And 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 Dustin, you know what? Like I saw, I saw the locked on guy uh, for Ole Miss. He oh he he made a a a little thing today, a little comment, <laughs> and said, "Well, we're six time SEC champions." All right, well, buddy, the last time you won an SEC championship was when. <laughs> 
Arch Manning was the quarterback. Okay, I mean they 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 had one bars for face masks back then. I mean they were they were almost back in the leather helmet days. Like, come on, man. Like, yeah, I, I don't for four points. Yeah, bro. Like, I mean, you know, I don't want to hear all that stuff, dude. Like, you had Eli Manning in your program, and you still couldn't get there. Okay, so I don't, I don't want to hear it. I, I just you're a baseball school. You will forever be a baseball school. And now you even get further down the totem pole with Oklahoma and Texas coming in. So that's just two more programs that you have to look up to and call daddy. So I, I'm Blake, just, you always tell them they're a baseball school and I'm always here to remind them. I didn't even see you in the SEC tournament last year. Mm. So you didn't even yeah. you win the natty and then even qualify for the conference tournament last year. And that yeah. to me just signifies and, everything that Ole Miss athletics is. And LeBaron, look, brother. Uh, luck, if, buddy. Yeah, good if luck. you want to go there, uh, have fun, man. I, yeah, I just don't. Wish him the best of luck. He's a good kid. Um, a lot of facts getting thrown around. I hear here a lot of facts getting thrown around. <laughs> <laughs> look, dude, I just don't have time for it. Uh, appreciate everybody, man. Like and subscribe to the video. One thousand subs, guys. Uh, the views outnumber the subs. So you're watching. Just hit that button for us, man. It's free. We won't ask you for a dime. Friday, we'll be back 10 a.m. Check out these guys at the Warport. You know, they got everything rocking. Check out those firesides. If you hadn't, you don't want to miss yep. it. There's no other content out there like it. Next Tuesday night, August 22nd, 7 p.m. And we'll see you guys back here Friday at 10 Central Time. So appreciate you guys. War Damn Eagle. And we will see you all Friday. We're out. War Eagle.